everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how you can beat and raise your revenue targets. Enjoy. Oh boy, Tuesday again. Time flies, huh? I mean, wow, there's so much energy on this podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit tired today. I'm a bit tired today. There's so many things going on. It's like I was literally thinking this morning. You you know you have the December rush where you're busy every day, work it's not at December home yet. and No, I know, but it was like, yeah, now it's starting. Yeah. Now it's starting for me. But Mikkel, before we go into <laughs> this year, <laughs> why don't you tell me or us rather why, why, you had to, why you had to leave on Friday? <laughs> well, I was working from home uh, and my wife was as well. Because, uh, so sad story, uh, going to a funeral. It was like a friend's father. Uh, so obviously not great, not happy about that. And then as we were ready to get out the door and go to the church for, you know, the ceremony, we get a call from the daycare. And I, you know the thing, you can just hear it. I was not in the room. My wife answers the phone. I can just hear, oh no. This is not good. I know what this is. And then she's like, yeah. They just called. Our daughter apparently put a beat up her nose. And they're not allowed to do anything. So we we have to go pick her up. I'm like, oh, man. It's like, yeah, I I can see that this is me who has to do it. That's fine. And then um, got her home. And uh, you know how kids they get. It's like, no, don't touch my nose. You're not allowed to do anything. And no, I don't want to go to the doctor. I'm like, well, we can't let it stay in there forever. I was like, well, what do I actually do? Because I can't just put a finger in and then it's going to get nope. squeezed further in. Yep. And what do you do? Well, you Google. That's that's what you do. And uh, I wonder, did you, did you, was it, was it a thing you read or was it like a video you watched? No, <laughs> I read, so I read uh, a how to from a hospital in Denmark. What was, what was, what was the search query? The search query was like how to get a beat out of my kid's nose. <laughs> <laughs> and there were a lot, all, a lot of uh, blogger moms and blogger dads writing yeah. about their experiences and then I found this uh, uh, hospital that wrote about, hey, you don't need to go to the ER to get this thing out. You can actually try yourself first. The way you do it is you lie the kid down on your back and then you close the nostril where there's nothing in and then you blow really hard into the mouth and then, <laughs> then it pops out. I was like, that, that seems a bit weird, but okay, let's give it a go because obviously a hospital wrote yeah, it. So yeah, yeah, I, tr yeah. I instantly trust you now. And then, you know, lay her down. Blow her in the nose. No, and in then, the mouth. Uh, sorry, in the mouth. And then I just get, uh, you know, the... What's, <laughs> yeah. the, what's the term? Snot? No. Yeah. yeah. All over my face. And then I was like, you know, cleaning my chin. And I was like, ah, oh, there it is. We got it out. High fives. So that was like my working from home day. Wonderful. Not super productive, but Wonderful. So now segue into the episode. <laughs> Go. <laughs> well, you know, I'm good at raising kids. Uh, I don't beat them much. <laughs> at all actually okay <laughs> so yeah let's go with that about, let's go with that talk let's about go with that how to beat and raise uh <laughs> this is off the rails now <laughs> this is we are actually gonna cut no we're not gonna cut it we never cut episodes that's the thing that's the thing but now i'm Ooh. awake that's the that's the good so news. but you need to finish this you can't just say beat and race and then everyone has this image <laughs> of a kid in their background no so the thing is i uh so i invest a small amount in in stocks and the thing is ever so often 
companies they beat guidance. So what there you go. analysts in the market, guys, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what what the market basically expects, right? And that's a plus plus column. If you can beat guidance, you're doing really great. But if you actually raise your guidance in the same turn, then people will go ballistic. They will go totally ballistic. And it got me thinking that you and I had this experience some years ago working at a company where we would miss and we would lose investor trust. And we, I mean, my takeaway, and maybe this story has morphed in my head over time, but we were basically unfundable because no one would trust us. We were unable to, to basically hit any of the numbers we put forward. And then something changed. We actually started yep. hitting the numbers. And I think we should get into how do you actually set a business up to potentially beat and maybe even race uh, because that uh, motivation it's going to build for the team, that trust it's going to build, it's really critical. Yes. And I think it's it's also the time and the environment right now where we can start to become sane again in the yeah. way of... So we're not going to talk today like how to specifically kind of do it and kind of build this predictable revenue engine. Right. Kind of We talked about this a couple of times already. Today we're actually talking about, you know, setting targets. Yeah. You know, if, if you really want to break it down, it's almost about setting targets. And I think where we are now in the industry, so SaaS as a whole, if you will, you know, some people call it the golden age of SaaS is over and yeah. all of those sad stories and everyone is like, what am I, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I just please build a... I don't know, green fintech with AI in the background, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, since some of that, some of those expectations have cooled a little bit, I think it's also now possible to start setting targets that are uh, less so crazy, outrageous, satisfying the investor's thirst for growth. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I'm more going in a direction where it's like, well, that's that's just good business practice to set the target that we can actually achieve. Yeah. Right? And we we talked with you know Chris Walker about this to a degree, and he said, well, the model isn't wrong, the targets are wrong, basically kind of going yeah, yeah. the same thing. We talked with Dave Kellogg about, well, you really want to create a plan that you can beat. Yeah. Because if you, if you can't, well, beat there you go. If you can't beat the plan, you're gonna get fired. And he was yeah. he was really talking. Uh, more as a as a hired CEO in this sense, yeah. In in a much more real sense for us founders, if you get fired, it's you get fired by the capital markets. Yeah. No one is no one is giving you money, and you get basically kind of deleted because of that. And you might wonder, do I then have to be a CEO to listen to this episode? I actually think the answer is no, because if you're sitting as a marketing lead, a sales lead, a CS lead, whatever, then actually this still matters. This still applies just to the department. Yes, and and the reason is that you know those targets at the end of the day they need to. Uh, like in a pyramid scheme, right? <laughs> to, <laughs> scheme they need to scam. trickle down, need to, to kind of you know support each other. Yeah. Um. And the more little cracks and jumps and consistency has you have in there, the more what is it sand in the gearbox you will yeah, have when yeah, you execute, yeah. Yeah. right? And I think this is also a topic that you know when you when you talk with the CFO and the CEO to basically kind of bring this up and say like, hey, we should be you know this is what we should be giving to the board this is what we should be giving to leadership this is mm. what we should be giving to the team right? yeah the funny thing is also sometimes those targets they have it's almost like they have a magnetic effect that will pull you up but it can also have the opposite effect if you have two you know what is it two negatives it will kind of push you further away right so i think that's why this is an interesting topic today yes and and kind of to to that point Finding this this flow balance, mm. right? Because uh, she touched me how or something like that. It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. that's literally how it's pronounced. Yeah. But he he kind of has this flow um, theory, and it's really about if it's too boring, you won't have optimal performance. Yeah. 
But if it's hopeless, you also yeah. won't have optimal performance, right? You kind of need to find that stretch kind of area. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so what we're going to talk about today is really, and it's it's super counterintuitive, but we've seen this now, a couple of our customers actually do it like this. And yeah. like, you know, okay, cool. Let's do an episode on this. So they're basically talking about different confidence levels of the plan mm. that they're giving to different people in the organization. Yeah. Yeah. So what they're, what they're basically kind of, the highest probability, the highest confidence of the plan, that's what they're giving to the board. Mm. Let's just call it the C95. Yeah. Confidence level 95%. Yeah. C95. Yeah, sounds like a corporate thing, you know. <laughs> so my wife is at Novo, right? Novo Nordisk. Yeah. For everything they have there, it's either three or four letter abbreviations. Yeah, okay. Even if I wanted to spy on kind of what's going on in Novo Nordisk, I wouldn't understand anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Anyway, so C95, that's um, that's basically kind of the um, the plan that they want to give to the board, kind of the highest confidence level, yeah. right? And this is already a big change from one or two years ago with you know some of the same customers actually, where they arguably almost gave the you know this you know confidence level sixty percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because you wanted to triple, triple, and whatever, and uh, you knew this was this was this was a stretch. I mean, more than a stretch. Yeah, yeah. Right, more than a stretch already. But that's that's the plan that you then did give to the board and. Then things happen around it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think having this development now, and we see this, you know, more and more, that folks are basically giving the the higher confidence plan, and you could say the less ambitious plan, the more realistic plan, all of those boring words around it. They're basically kind of putting this forward to the board, and there's still tough conversations around: is it enough? Yeah. You know, um, you know, is it enough for us to reach the next milestone? If if this is the top line growth that we're seeing, can we support the size of the organization behind it? All of those really uncomfortable questions, which are great to have in planning and not in execution. Yeah. yeah? So, so basically, kind of that's what they're putting forward. And what does it mean to kind of put a confidence level ninety five percent plan forward? Well, basically, uh, what they're doing to a large degree is they're taking their past performance from last year, and then they're seeing what additional resources they might have, seeing how those resources have performed in the past, and then creating, you know, taking that insight and creating the forward-looking plan, yeah. right? In very simple words, what was our gross retention expectation for last year? Okay, what's our what's that expectation for next year? Maybe with a little bit of a bump. Mm. Same with net retention rate. Nothing crazy. Nothing like, oh, we want to, you know, add yeah. 20 points to this. Nothing crazy. T take, take what you kind of had last year, overlay it for next year with a little bit of an adjustment, obviously. Yeah. Same with your ability to generate revenue from the marketing side, same with ability to generate revenue from the uh, outbound sales side, if you have something like this. Yeah. And then if you do decide to spend more money on uh, some of the channels that are scalable that you know really well, for example, it could be content uh, on the marketing side or events, or it could be outbound sales, then you basically kind of, for each of these additional investments, you then have a somewhat predictable outcome that's gonna come out of this. Yeah. Right? Kind of, that's the C95. Um, and the idea is something really needs to go um, upside down for you not to hit this, mm. right? You want to kind of put yourself into um, a really good position to not only achieve this plan, yeah. but ideally beat it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really what you want to achieve. So th there's there's a bit of also a conundrum because you, whether you're actually the CEO or CRO or VP marketing sales, whatever, 
you still want to show a bit of ambition, right? And so when you go to someone and say, hey, this is what we can do and this is the C95, it's going to be a bit conservative by, by default, right? So how do you navigate that, that conversation, you know? And I think it's smart not to put forward your most ambitious plan where there's so much risk inside uh, because then, you, you know, you're chasing the goal rather than having a chance to get ahead of it. I think this was also something Dave Kellogg talked about. Yeah. How do you navigate that conversation? Well, number one, it's this. This is really about stakeholder and much more specifically shareholder management. Yeah, you wanna you wanna make sure that they trust you with this stuff. You wanna make sure that you don't have emergency board meetings in June and reforecasting yeah. and all kind. Basically, all the scar tissue that everyone has from the last two years and before, they don't wanna have this anymore. Mm. Um, and uh, and you know the reason why that is is if you misplan, what really happens is it's not like, oh, we missed top line. You also overspend. Yeah. <laughs> you're also super inefficient. Yeah. All of your metrics are gonna look shit. And you're running gonna run out of cash much faster. Yeah, yeah. And those are just blunders that were kind of, you know, I don't want to say okay, but they were survivable a year or two, well, two years ago. Mm. Uh, not so anymore. No. It's just that that might be the end of the journey right there, right? So basically the boards are also getting a little bit more conservative. And, and want you to put the, you know, the, the your best guess, your honest best guess forward, right? And then still there will be a conversation, they will nudge you and so forth. And by the way, having kind of a data-driven way to kind of nav navigate that conversation would, you know, obviously, you know, very much advisable. Mm. So to the board and the shareholders, you give kind of a C95 plan and try and get away with that. But then, you know, you basically have the leadership behind that, right? So that's the next step. Yeah. And in my experience, what usually happens is that depending on the seniority of that leadership and you will have different different levels and different you know cuts there you want to ideally be as close as possible to what the board and investors kind of are seeing because it's kind of it's has also something to do with visibility yeah right you wanna you want to create just a little bit of a buffer there you know whether we call it the c90 or the c85 it, you yeah. know it doesn't really matter but you want to create a little bit of a buffer there that closely aligns but still has a gap right um, and I think the main difference between those two levels, leadership and, and the board, is really that for the operational folks, you should be thinking about uh, rebaselining on a quarterly or on a, on a half yearly uh, basis. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, the plan that you gave to investors, that's really the budget. It's locked in for the year. Yeah. You're not going to get out of this. That's the CEO, the CFO, they're kind of, you know, signed this in blood and yeah. it's over, right? You can't, it's really not cool if you change that, right? No. But for your leadership that sits below, things will change throughout the year, right? As we sometimes say, well, everyone hits Q1, but then Q2, Q3, the problems are starting to hit. And those problems might be because you as a team decided not to hire as much mm. or not to spend as much yeah. or whatever might have happened. And this inability to spend will translate to lower targets being able to be achieved. And if, you, if you're not re-baselining, if you're not kind of staying realistic, basically if you're not an ongoing rolling C90 plan for the leadership, because if you defund suddenly, it doesn't, it's not a C90 anymore. Suddenly it's a C, a C80, C75, yeah, yeah. whatever. If you're not re-baselining, um, you basically kind of uh, decrease the ability for leadership to maneuver and make the right decisions because they're basically kind of trying to hunt something that is that everyone around the table already knows is lost. Yeah. And the only the only other alternative is that they don't know it's lost 
and they're kind of making basically wrong decisions because of yeah. you know it, not being not being smart about it, right? So you kind of want to avoid that, and you want to give your leadership team a little bit of wiggle room to rebaseline on a quarterly or half annual basis. And what does it mean? Well, it's like how, how many people do we have? You know, do we have conversion rates are going? By the way, not only down but maybe up. Yeah. Right. So you want to rebaseline on that sense as well. You don't want to suddenly have leadership run around with a C one hundred five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You want to you want to keep it there. And basically, the the difference between what you give to the board and and what you execute on with the leadership is really you know some some bets should be in there. Yeah. Some things you want to achieve that you don't know yet how successful they will be, but you wanna you wanna start you know pushing the envelope a little bit. Uh, which then comes with some of those bets in there that should, to a degree, be priced in into the achievements that you want to that you're hunting for with um, with the rest of the leadership. Team. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I also like this this part is I reflected over. So I'm, I'm going to present at a marketing meetup soon, and I reflected because it's it's planning season, and what I've heard from a lot of folks is they get this stretch target, fine, um, but then what they focus on is how to close the gap which is a normal kind of, oh, fuck, there's a gap. We need to close that gap throughout the year. We have 12 months. Let's go, 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 go. What they're forgetting is you have the 80%, right? You have the the your, basically your bread and butter that you cannot afford to mess up. Mm -hmm. You cannot afford to mess it up because if you do, that gap is going to be even more and it's going to mm -hmm. be really hard to close. So I think there, you know, this, this kind of structure means with the C95, you basically ensure you have the house in order. This is, we need to not mess up basically. Mm -hmm. And then as you move a layer down to, let's say, C85, then you can say, okay, these would be the bets, but we still need to nail the core. And I think what's really what's really important, right? We're really talking about the different hierarchy levels throughout the organization, and yeah. we're going to talk about the team in a second. I think what some people are getting wrong is that they're giving different, different confidence level plans without them realizing this or knowing this or doing this consciously to different parts of the funnel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, you give the crazy stretch target to marketing, and yeah. maybe then you give uh, lesser sort of a stretch to sales because it's it's more bottom up, it's more pyramid based, it's, yeah. it's a bit clearer, and so forth. And what you then create is you create a tension between the departments because those targets just don't align or don't yeah. support each other. And uh, and there you need to be careful that you really kind of put the targets in place with the right confidence level across those different teams. Mm -hmm. And yes, it gets complicated, especially with time delay and all of those things between those different funnel steps, yada, yada, not going to talk about this, but it's really, really important to keep this in mind, right? So I, what, we're, what we're advocating for is to have different confidence level from top to bottom yeah. of the pyramid not from left to right of the bow tie, no. right? Kind of that needs to basically be the same depending on um, on the seniority, mm. if you will, right? Now moving to the next, and, you know, I think people can uh, get away with just having two different plans or confidence level plans. You can have, you know, three different versions of it if you want to, um, but ultimately uh, the the last the last team that needs to be aligned here is, is to a degree the rest of the organization, here, yeah. right? And again, we're specifically focusing on the go-to-market teams here. And basically what we're seeing, the operational plan being across those organizations is, you know, whatever the number is, but let's just say it's a C80. So they're, they're basically executing, the, the team is executing on a confidence level of 80, mm. which basically means you created a bit of a buffer or stretch between what the team is gunning for and what the leadership is gunning for and needs to deliver, right? And the reason for this is, 
to a degree is operational, um, to a degree it's, you know, just makes sense. So if you go through your sales team, and I think we've talked about this plenty of times, right? So if you have your different quotas set up, uh, let's just say you have a million dollars in quota for, I don't know, or $10 million in quota for your sales reps. Really what the demand gen and opportunity side of the house will deliver is probably only 8 million of that. Yeah, Eight, maybe sometimes nine, sometimes seven, depending on how it works out, right? Which basically means the whole system is set up to have the AEs hit 80%. And what you then tell the AEs, like, well, 80% is what I can promise you I will deliver if you if you execute like your class of, of AEs is executing in terms yeah. of conversion rate, ACV, sales, rate, all of that stuff. The other 20%, in order to get to target 200%, basically your full OTE, you need to either outperform your class on one of those uh, dimensions or you need to pick up the phone yourself or your Rolodex and start networking and get mm. more opportunities in, right? Those, those are the only ways you can basically kind of reach the 100% and go beyond. 80% here makes total sense, yeah. right? Kind of that, that is super straightforward. I think thinking, you know, about the same with CS, for example, I think what you want to do is you want to have, you know, past gross retention rate, past net retention rate, uh, broken down into the different teams. So for example, the SMB team should have a different GR net retention rate target than the enterprise team, for example, yeah. right? And um, and you probably want to push the envelope there also a little bit. You don't just want to see what you have achieved last year. You want to have one or two points on top of that. So it doesn't need to be you know necessarily 20%. So confidence level 20% difference doesn't mean 20% in, in general. It's just, you know, it could be in, in, in gross retention rate if you're sitting at 85%. Yeah. Uh, 88% would be great, right? Uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, and then for marketing, how would you do it for marketing, Michael? Probably the 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 same, to be honest. You also need to stretch that target and you also need to cascade it to the different teams carrying different budgets, supporting different goals, right? And I think you still want to stress the fact that you have the bread and butter that you cannot afford to mess up on. Mm. And then you do need those initiatives on top as well. Um, you, you definitely need them in marketing as well. It gets tricky to your point, when you start factoring in the time piece, because marketing is way early, like when you're Q4, which we are now, you're building for Q1 and Q2 mm -hmm. right now. And I think that's where you, as a marketing leader, you know, probably last quarter, you should have an idea of what the targets look like so you can start supporting whatever growth is there. So you, you're already on plan, basically. Um, but yeah, I, I would probably look at the, hey, this is the confidence level and the number associated with it from marketing we need to create for Q1, Q2, you probably need to take that view for marketing because of the time. And then I would, you know, start breaking that out to the different channels and the owners respectively. And obviously you need to talk heavily with those folks as well. If you look at stuff like paid, you're going to have some places where there's opportunity to invest more and others where you're just tapped out. Mm -hmm. And if you're tapped out, you know, you need to basically find other means of spending that cash. And if, you know, and I've not, I've not seen it yet that you're unable to find a place to spend it. But if you're struggling there, you probably want to tap RevOps or ultimately the CRO, if that's who you're reporting to, and say, hey, we have a bit of an issue here with some of the you know, resources being allocated. Yeah. But, um, but, but ultimately, right, I think, um, I think the marketing team, as with any team, I think there needs to be, you know, a stretch target being set. Yeah. Um, I think in marketing it always gets a bit more complicated, right? You have the performance team and yeah. then the stretch target might be around 
cost per lead or whatever you <laughs> you know whatever it's going to be uh, for the events team might be different and so well, forth. You, so there's always I think with marketing it just gets a little bit more complicated. It's complicated because there's so many levers you can pull, mm. but ultimately you as a team need to have one shared goal you work towards. Mm. Then you can go to the performance team and say, well, how do we going to achieve? whatever opportunities, because that's what we decided as a team where we have high predictability that can turn into revenue. Well, if you're doing performance marketing, then a way to get there with, you know, the same budget and a higher target is to have a lower cost per acquisition. So mm. cost per lead, right? Another could be lifting the conversion rate of a landing page. And depending on what you look at, you're going to know as a professional, having worked with it for a couple of years, how realistic that is going to be, yeah. right? And I think that's where you as the leader need to navigate the, the confidence levels, uh, where they are, depending on the plan. Um, and I think this is, this is the tricky part for me sometimes is, do you say that it's a stretch goal and allow some like calmness for the team? Um, because on one side, they might feel a bit more pressure. Sure, they own a target, but this is probably the first target they're going to own, mm. right? There's a difference in when you're sitting at, at the table, basically. I think... Um I think what's really important is you need to you need to make sure that you, if you're setting those consecutive stretch goals, mm. right? You set a stretch goal for marketing, which then is the baseline goal for sales, and then yeah. they have a stretch. You need to be super careful with that. I think you basically need to create kind of the bedrock needs to be aligned across, and then yeah. every team has something on top. Um, if marketing over delivers, great. Suddenly sales will also overhit without yeah. the sales guys having achieved their stretch. I think what's really What's dangerous is to cascade those stretch goals. By the way, I mm. think that's that's a that's a terrible way to kind of go about this. And then I think for you know even for the team level, right? So what what is the number you put on the on the dashboard? Yeah. Right. I think it should be this C ninety that the leadership is basically you know gunning for mm. um, to you know make sure that like hey we we are successful, we're hitting, we're maybe overhitting or we're getting super close. Um, but yes, the individual contributors. They have, you know, if you summed all of them up together, they would actually kind of go a bit further than that, which is in sales is a totally normal thing, by the way. Mm. Um, and and I think some of that, some of that way of thinking, um, at least I've installed successfully in CS as well. I, I think marketing is always a bit difficult, actually, yeah. kind of with with that specific thing, right? But to your point, that then allows you to talk about. Well, that part is stretched. That is what I expect of you, yeah. dear individual contributor, or dear manager, or you know, yeah, whoever. Yeah. But yes, that part is stretched, but that's what I need you to, to deliver, yeah. right? To kind of for all our basically some people will um even miss their C90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So that that's that's the logic. Some people will will even, you know, miss to deliver on what, you know, was deemed to be, you know, super straightforward. Yeah. Um, and then some other people need to overperform for you to actually get there, right? Yeah. And I think this is how you balance the whole thing out, right? Yeah. And again, I think the the best way to do it is um uh you know, giving the C95 to the board, have your leadership on the C90, you know, refresh this quarterly or biannually depending on your sales cycles. Have the team and are having around you know eighty percent kind mm. of confidence level. What in some cases now might happen is you might actually beat the expectations that you have given to the board. And what you can do now, which is very different from you know what we're all used to, <laughs> <laughs> you can actually have like a gated approach to unlock additional uh, pieces of funding. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean kind of you know do another incremental funding round with the investors, but basically, and you know, Dave Kellogg also talked about this. It's like, hey, we have this wish list of things that we want to do. Yeah. If we, you know, hit those goals, 
all of us can go to the yeah, yeah. to the to the pick to the wish list yeah. <laughs> and pick one pick one for us yeah, right yeah, yeah. Um, and um, that is basically the conversation you then suddenly can have at the board and we heard the same thing from Udi right yeah. when you when you look at Gong they've done some crazy brand investments and his point was well the way you get buy in to do it is make your numbers yeah. meet those numbers if you can't meet the numbers then forget about it. Then yeah. you're not going to be able to go and pick those wish list items. And really, this is this is the situation that you want to be in. You want to be able to, you know, beat your uh, beat your uh, targets, and then you know, ideally, kind of raise them. And you raise them by way, not in a oh, we can just do more with no. less, but hey, you know, we could actually kind of execute on this if we have a little bit more funding. We can do those three plays in addition, yeah, yeah. and then basically, kind of, you keep updating this, right? So, question for you: If we look at these three layers, mm-hmm. right, and you start at the top. So C95, this is the plan you will most likely always be able to hit if you dumb it down, right? Then you have the next layer. So let's just say C85 or C90 for that matter. You will hit that in in many cases, right? It will require effort. Sometimes you will miss. Sometimes you will meet. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you will beat. And then you have the C80, C85. This is the one you will hit occasionally if you're being honest, right? And if you put that forward to the team, how do you navigate the whole, well, we've missed and people might think hey you know this is this is the target uh i was given and we're missing this is not very motivating or will i get fired like how how do you navigate that part i think the and and i was kind of trying to kind of say this a little bit earlier so the the high five moment should be predicated on c90 c95 basically what the leadership is having right that should be the dashboard that's what everyone is pushing towards but if you do the math you know what every individual contributor has if you kind of sum it all up might overshoot on that number. Well, that's there by design, and you can be pretty clear about this. And in sales, everyone is pretty clear on that, actually. Mm. In CS, you can be pretty clear on this, and I think in marketing, sometimes it's a bit more complicated, but you can be pretty clear on this as well, right? Mm. Um, and makes total sense. You can't just you know bet the farm on everyone hitting 100%. No. It doesn't work like no, this. Some will risky. miss, some will leave, some will like, screw yeah. up, some will overachieve, and you, know, you balance it out and get there. Um, and that's how I would navigate the whole thing, right? Yeah. And yes, um, if so, in, in a sales environment, it's it shouldn't be a given. It shouldn't be a confidence level one hundred percent that everyone is hitting their full OT. That's that's not how that no, should no. work at all. You know, <laughs> you should make sure that they get to a decent payout, that they kind of are supported. You know, most parts of the way. Yeah, let's just say eighty percent, seventy five percent, whatever. But then the rest to get to the big payout, they need to be exceptional. They yeah. need to be above average. They need to. Either again beat their class and how they're executing on those opportunities, or they need to put in more work and get more opportunities themselves. And that that kind of thinking and uh, that kind of target setting and stretch goals and so mm. forth, I think that should be a de facto across the whole organization. Yeah. And that's how you get, I think, and it's it's tricky, uh, but I think this is how you get an organization to uh, not be bored because it's too easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not, you know, have them lose hope, yeah. but basically kind of have them right there in the middle, right? And overall, if you suddenly miss and you fail and everything, but still the company is celebrating, you know, you feel like you're in the right spot and you feel like, hey, why why am I failing when, you know, everything is going well? That yeah. It must be a me thing. It can't be a company thing. Yeah. The other way around is much worse. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And then you kind of get into this doom cycle. So therefore it's like, you know, have ways to celebrate those targets yeah. um, 
and again, kind of use that, you know, achievement as a positive force. Yeah. But for the individual contributors or for the teams below, and, you know, depending on how much cascading you want to do, you know, set targets that are a little bit higher yeah. um, than, than what you actually need in order to hit the board plan. Yeah. Wonderful. So, by the way, it's not that long ago we shipped an ebook. And that one, I would say, overperformed relative to my expectation, at least the first week. Yeah, so that was pretty good. So if you, you missed hit your it, stretch goal, Michael. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All I was laughing when I said the goal to him I was like, "Yeah, no way. This is like, what are you dreamy?" Um, but anyway, we wrote a book basically with, I think, four or five senior RevOps officers, as companies like HubSpot, Gong. It's not the classic, you know, ebook that feels like a brochure just advertising our company. No, no, this feels like an actual book, by the way. We probably we even discussed whether we should charge money for it. And put it on Kindle. And put it, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, it's still on my back burner. I need to do that. And we've gotten quite a lot of great feedback, actually, yep. from uh, folks reading this book. Someone even took a picture from a holiday on a yep. walk with the Kindle, by yep. the way. That was hilarious. So if you haven't seen it, if you want to see what some of the best teams are doing to manage and grow their revenue, you should go to our website, find the ebook. It's called, uh, this is what Strategic Rebels I'm, looks I'm, like. I'm still waiting for our biking friend <laughs> Drew? to send a picture <laughs> Yeah, yeah. how he's reading it <laughs> while he's biking somewhere. What is it, in Colorado or something like this? Uh, waiting nervous. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Michael, just to kind of wrap it up. So we talked about, you know, beating and raising your targets. Really put a more conservative, I can achieve this plan to board yep. of investors to make sure you have the difficult conversations now and um, basically kind of building trust. You give a slightly discounted version to the leadership team because that's the thing everyone is gonna be hunting for. You wanna probably rebaseline that quarterly and biannually in order to make sure, you know, that still kind of stays achievable. And then you really try and give stretch goals, the operational plan to the rest of the organization to really kind of push in the right direction. That's Mikkel, it. thank you so much for today. It was thank a pleasure. Thanks, thanks for thanks listening, everyone. everyone. Bye. Bye.